0: Hello, patrons, and welcome to episode 18 of Minis and Movies. I am, of course, John Spencer, your host. I do want to start by thanking you all for continuing to support the podcast and uh, keep us in business. It does help us afford new equipment when ours starts to break down, as does happen with electronic stuff. So, from the of my heart, thank you very much, and I do appreciate you checking out my podcast. Uh, hopefully you enjoy it. I don't get a lot of feedback, so I don't know. But we're going to address that in a little bit, because i got a sneaky trick coming up. You can wait till uh, right for the movie section for that. So today, um, well first off I should tell you how to contact me. If you want to contact me, you can hit me up on uh, Facebook, John Oakland Spencer, Twitter at John O. Spencer, or you can email me at JohnOaklandSpencer at Yahoo.com with any ideas movies you want me to check out, uh, topics for minis games, or even role playing. whatever you want to hear about. I'm happy to consider anything. Uh, sometimes it is a struggle, especially with my uh, Armada campaign uh, having pretty much died. Uh, it's M.I.A. Uh, hard to struggle to figure out what I'm going to talk about for a cast. But on that topic, what I'm going to talk about tonight, I'm going to talk a little bit uh, about... I'm going to rant a little bit about why are we so wussy for tournaments nowadays. Um, in my mini section, I'm going to talk about speaking out. They're sort of related. And uh, I'm also going to talk about a movie, which is Star Trek from 2009. That would be the quasi-reboot with Chris Pine, Zachary Quinto. Carl Urban, etc. Uh, so look for that, I'm drinking ginger ale straight up because I don't have anything to mix with it right now, so we're on! Alright, let's start with the miniatures to- topic, then we'll go into the rants, these are sort of related. Miniature topic is speaking out uh, in your community. I know it's, it's an interesting subject because a lot of us just want to be quiet and enjoy our games and don't want to talk out uh, when stuff's there. You're like, eh, it doesn't really affect me, no worries. But every once in a while something will come up that you have to speak out against, especially if it's in your local community. Now, if you're uh, just sitting there and it's something with the game company, yeah, maybe you don't want to talk out because that's a big company, a lot of people talk to them. But uh, you still probably should if they've got easy ways to uh, contact them, Twitter account, Facebook, whatever, just put a little comment on there because honestly... I'm certain they read all those comments, and even your little comment would be another tick, and like, well, not everyone liked this as much as we thought. We need to look at it. Or maybe people really like this more than we thought. Positive and negative. You can't go all one way or the other. you got to look at both of them. Um, now this all started, to give some background, is the local Malifaux people started talking about uh, the C word. That would be composition and imposing sorts of crazy restrictions like you can't play x master more than once in a tournament or you can't play x master at all in a tournament or you can't if you use x master you can't also use y master later in the tournament and stupid stupid shit like that and i don't know it's a p- opinion i have my opinion that is stupid but hear me out you take a game with a wide open mechanic like Malifo, just to continue my example Uh, here, uh, where you figure out what you're playing, then you build your crew, and you start restricting masters, you're like, well, maybe that master just ends up being the best choice multiple times, and you've said, nope, you can't use your best choice in your faction, even though the company thinks it's okay, because I don't think it's okay. Well, who the fuck are you? Really? You're T.O., but who the fuck are you to decide what's balanced, what's not balanced? You're nobody. Because you don't like it, because you have a hard time about it, doesn't make it wrong. So I got in a discussion with them. I tried to keep it, and I think I did keep it pretty civil for most of it, telling them in no certain terms. And it's not good. Not everyone wants that. And like, well, you know, obviously people want it. And I pointed out, well, based on the reaction on Facebook, which was a lot of people talking about it and a lot of it negative, people didn't really want it, and they have to consider that. Um, they've dropped it pretty much, and rat has come out, uh, sort of taking care of the big, uh, the big two masters who were a big problem for people. So I think they've sort of dropped it for now, but. I feel that me speaking out to some of the bigger people who are running events and all helped a little bit to get a look like, hey, I'm not saying maybe something needs to be done, but that shit ain't it. You can't start doing that. As soon as a new player comes in, like, oh, I bought Nicodem because I really like the undead, uh, you know, his his raising zombies sort of style. It's really cool. And you're like, yeah, you can only play him for one round. Like, "I I don't have anyone else. You just told that guy, you can't play my tournament because I don't like your master. I think he's unbalanced. You can't do that. You can't. And you got to speak out when stuff that comes up. Um, you know, so you know, that happened months ago, like I said, it's dropped off, but it brought up the thing we need to talk about that. Especially if you're in with your local guys. You know, local guys start talking. Um, this week, the uh, ITC for 40K, uh, which is their tournament format, uh, mentioned that they're going to start considering death clocks for their events. Chess clocks. Death clock being, of course, a war machine term, but chess clocks for their event, uh, for their events, and started laying out rules for that because someone were going too long, people were slow hammering, slow, and that's not good. So they're like, we took steps to fix it, I like that. Now people are commenting on it one way or the other, they're commenting on all the rules, like here's all the things we're adding, we're like alright, well people are starting to comment on it. That is good, that breaks discretion, let's we'll know what it is. You have to take agency if you're going to play in that. Now maybe you're not a tournament player, so you don't have a horse in that race, you don't need to comment, but you can. But I would suggest if you don't have a horse in the race, make your combat constructive. Be like, well, I like the idea of chess clocks, but maybe do this. You know, like, they're going to start them as soon as we'll start rolling dice. I'm like, no, 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 no. You can't do that because one person isn't in charge of the dice. You know, the role to go first and pick sides and all that stuff, you should do that off the clock. But keep it in mind that, you know, you have to add that time in. So these are constructive things. And as a warm- War Machine player, <laughs> but I do mean former, uh... I can mention to them, so I'm gonna craft an email to those guys and send that off. I'm not gonna play in a 40k tournament. You all know, like this, it's not my thing. Honestly, I find more and more tournaments aren't my thing. If I go, it's gonna be purely for casual fun to play people I've never played before. So, but you have to mention that stuff. You have to bring it up, especially to people who are running tournaments, organizing events that you're interested in, the local, uh, the local store, whoever's running games, the local. Uh, Local area, uh, example, uh, our local henchman from LFO is talking about, um, he was talking about composition, and I told him, like, look, if you put into a comp in, I'm not going to play in a tournament. Now, that's not a big negative for him. I generally don't show up anyways, because they're on Saturdays, and I have very busy Saturdays, but at least lets us consider, like, okay, this isn't as well-received as I want. So we got in a dialogue, and now he's considering a different format where you get a slight bonus if you don't play the same master twice, and I'm like, okay, that's cool. I can get behind that. I like a little variety. Um, maybe he can even, you know, wave it if someone comes in who only has one or two masters. Uh, one of our locals, Chloe, only has two masters to play. So in a three-round tournament, if she manages to show up, you're immediately telling her that uh, you can't get a bonus point for playing, you know, because you have to double up one round. So, I mean, she's new, she may not think she can win anyways, but... You know, giving her disadvantage because that's all she owns, because you know money is a thing that people don't have unlimited amounts of, that's not a good idea. So we'll talk about it, we'll work it out to make it fair for everyone. He's also not putting in this tournament, he's going to work on it for a while, which is good. But you have to find out about that stuff, you have to talk about it, and also, this is related, you need to be involved with your local community. Maybe you don't play, maybe they just have a Facebook page, maybe it's just a Facebook group, just jump on there. You don't ever have to post there, but you can see what's going on, and maybe they'll say something you want to comment on. Like, oh, we're going to run this cool campaign for 40k. Uh, we're going to use this rule. You're like, I think that rule's not that good. Try this rule. You know, you, your input can help. There is every great idea is made up for a bunch of little good ideas, and maybe you just throw something else in the pot. You have a unique perspective of your own. Maybe it'll help. Maybe it won't. But there's no harm in telling them your perspective. They can listen to you or not at their whim. They can—they're big boys and girls. So they can figure out what they want. But you might mention something they didn't think of. I mean, I've talked to a lot of people who you just think different ways than me. And like, hey, John, how about this? I'm like, well, that's a great idea. I didn't even think of that. I was going direct at the problem. You sort of slid around the side and attacked it from uh, the rear. That's—that's that's cool. So keep that in mind. Maybe you have to—you t- to take a little more agency in in the local gaming group. Especially nowadays with companies not being as big on supporting. I mean, only a handful of companies actually have set people to support their hobbies. Um, you need to be out there commenting and, and getting it together. So that way it's not a quiet, you don't show up anymore, it's allowed. Hey, I'm not showing up anymore because you introduced in this rule. Like, maybe you're a War Machine night. Like, we really want to get lots of games in. So we're instituting everyone's playing on Death Clock during, you know, casual night. Just so we can get more games in. Well, maybe that's not your thing. Let them know. If they don't, if you don't say anything, they don't know. It's like, oh, something happened in his life; he's not showing up anymore. You know, people don't say anything; they don't generally question. Like, I'm sure something's going on. You know, whatever. It's totally not my fault. But if you tell them, hey, I don't like what you're doing. This is your fault. Well, it makes them think. Okay, is this rule really worth it? What are we doing? But y- you've got to be involved. You've got to get in there, talk to them. Even if you're just quietly supporting everything, it's fine. But try not to be quietly supporting. Be positive, like, I like this idea. Sometimes that's all I get to say. Thumbs up. But uh, if you've got some way of posting, like, it's easy on Facebook to hit a thumbs up. That's good enough, honestly. If you feel the extra mile, thumbs up. Tell them, I like this idea. Uh, Constructive is better. I like this idea. Maybe tweak it like this, you know. Maybe not, you know. Give them some ideas. But that's the whole thing. Take agency in your gaming. Comment with those people. Give them some feedback. Let them know what you like or not. Uh, If you see a rule come out you don't like or anything. I don't know. So many games are are on social media and all. Let them know. Um, I'm going to let uh, Garvis Belly though. I don't like their latest ITS season because they had a cool had a thing where based on who won special characters from other other factions may not be allowed. Well, they took the one character, special character I like playing and said, you can't play them. And I'm like, well, I ain't playing. <laughs> it's that simple. That seems baby-like but you were making things I didn't have any in Involvement in affect how I play a game in your tournament. Like, straight up, that's not cool. It seems cool. It seems like, oh, things have consequences. It's not cool. I have to let them know that. You know, send an email, let them know, hey, this is why I'm not interested in your events. You know, I'll do the same thing later when uh time for the Baltimore Brawl. Like, hey, guys, I'm not going to play because this. And I don't generally don't play, but I have a new job, so I have that time off now, so maybe I could have played. We'll see. But I have to also take agency to let them know, this is why I'm not playing they may not listen. They may not care. They may have plenty of people otherwise. doesn't matter. I have to let them know, because if I don't, then it's my fault if they continue to do it. You know. So, there's that. Civil discussion out of the way. Prepare for rant. But before that, run. Alright, rant time. I'm going to start with another Twitter conversation, this time nominally with Jay Larson, though he wasn't involved with them then starting the information off. And his him at Lock and Load saying that he believes the only themeless noir machine that I actually like, that would be Irregulars because it makes me feel like I'm playing mercenaries because it's a hodgepodge still, is probably too varied to actually continue in the game. Well, I don't I don't like that because they're mercenaries for fuck's sake. You want a varied list. You're just This is a steelhead list. This is the other list. This is the other list. You want to use your weird mercenaries? You've got to find the right list for that. No, fuck you. Or I got to play 20 points down. This is the whole problem with theme lists to begin with. Neither here nor there. But you made a perfect theme list. The only one I feel like I play and like, I enjoy making lists for. Every other one, I'm like, I don't like this. I make a list, I get done, I'm like, yeah, I get free stuff, but I don't like it. So like, but neither here nor there. That's not even the point of this. It was the next guy, after I commented, said, Well, you know, Osram uh, and Magnus 2 in ADR is a really tough matchup. So... Your response to a tough matchup is not to try and find ways in your list to beat it, is to hope that PP erratas it so that they can't take it anymore? What kind of pussy are you? I'm sorry, when did our tournament players become such fucking wussies? And generally, I don't throw this on machine players, because they have a very good and solid tournament set, where, unlike a lot of other guys, they, they come with two lists, cool, because there's bad matchups, interesting scenarios. Boom, they come in, I've got these two lists... I don't know what scenarios are, nothing, I'm coming in blind, I know what packet they're bro- drawn from, that's it. So I'm going to throw it like that, but man, that, that fucking attitude is bullshit. It's like the the Malipo players, who also have a very good tournament packet, where generally they don't tell people what comes in advance, because you can make whatever you want. Your, your lists aren't set, you come with a faction, sometimes you come with a pool out of a faction, you can bring X models and all that. Whichever, <clears throat> but that goes into the composition thing. Like, oh, things are too powerful, so find a way to beat it. Well, Sandeep's beaten, winning almost every game. I haven't lost to Sandeep yet, and I'm not a great player, so maybe you need to fucking figure it out. When Una came out, Una too. That this is privateer press this isn't any players. My local, my, my local circle player was playing with, playing him against her every week. I figured out a way to beat her. I'm like, all right, well, I take Gorton anyways. Let's figure out how I beat her with Gorton. I'm like, sometimes I make Fort Gorton, so she can't land. Land uh, Griffin's in there. I had Reinhold to remove stealth so I could shoot one to death, start getting them down, and I just whittle them down. Then I'm like, all right, I'm going use my feet. I'm going to either push them away so they can't get to me or bring them in so they're close enough so that I can murder the fuck out of them. I figured out a way to beat a hard caster because that's what you're supposed to do. You don't wait for it to be erratic. You don't whine and piss. when oh, I can't beat this It's too hard. That matchup is tough. Come on. Come on. You're playing in a tournament. Well, yeah, for casual play, that could be a problem. But that's, you talk to your opponent, that's where the social contract is, like, uh, like if I was having a problem, like, let's say nothing in my faction would work as Una, I'm like, hey man, could you not play Una? This, you're not getting anything from it, I'm not getting anything from it, play your other matchup. That's fine for casual, but you're in a tournament. You take what you get, and you fucking just find a way to beat it. Next on my list, uh, people, so, here's the funny thing, that somehow, even though it's the worst tournament game, in my opinion, 40k players are the hardcorest. even though they sometimes like assholes, they don't have two lists. They, they don't know scenarios in advance. They come and they just fucking play. One list. That's hardcore. Well, related, I'm very glad that Machine Weekend is bringing back hardcores. I've always never necessarily the format for me, but I really enjoyed the concept of it. It was cool. Uh, anyways, back to that. So, I mean, how can you let the 40k players be the most hardcore? I mean, you whine about bad matchups. I mean, they have bad matchups. Sometimes the guy puts an arm down like, yep, I'm going to lose my ass off. It happens sometimes. That's part of playing the game. And then what I call the most mind-bogglingly weird tournament thing, uh, Infinity players get two lists, if I remember correctly, and then want to know in advance what the scenarios are. What the hell? I mean, I'll be honest, sure, sometimes that helps in certain formats. Like, I can see 40k players sometimes knowing, sometimes you want not have stuff, but isn't the point to be the best overall player, like, all skills combined? Like, really, you, you can't build two lists that can play into all the scenarios? This is part of the reason why Infinity has sort of a power game feel at tournaments. because you know the scenarios, so you may take things that aren't useful out of there. You don't have to plan for things because you know they're not going to happen. And yes, you start taking things away that aren't going to happen, your lists become better. Well, no shit. You can focus them. You can make them more hardcore. But locally, we play a lot of just, I don't know what I'm going to be playing. I'm just going to make a list. Just make a list. Just make you get two lists. Make two lists. It's like, "Mouthful, guys, stop bitching about what casters. You know, what masters are terrible or hard, bad for you, and 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 too powerful, and just be ready to fucking play. Start planning against them. Yeah, you may lose. You know what? That shit happens to anyone. It's all cyclical. I mean, if you look, all of the big masters got nerfed down to what people consider reasonableness, or if you listen to the internet, totally unplayable trash. But my point is not to necessarily call anyone specifically out. It's to call an attitude out. If you're playing in a tournament, it's it's old page 5, you bring your A game, you play to win. That's what page 5 said. That's it. You just go in, you get, play your guest game. You don't whine about it, you just go and play. You mean, come on, I've played against it where it's like, oh look, little 3 can, feet can affect me from way outside her control area, but she's not affected by my feet because it's control area. It's like the latest Nemo 3 nerf, and the local singer player has no problem with the nerf, he, he understands it where now the enemy has to be in Nemo's feet area to uh, be affected and take extra damage. But when someone like Butcher, who does just straight extra die damage, doesn't have the same thing, that's not tit for tat. He's, it's, you, you, they're hitting the nails that are standing out most, rather than making a consistent ruling. So, But he's not whining about it. He's like, that's the way it is. If you go to a tournament, that's the way it is. You, get, you have to go bring your A game, stop whining about stuff, be constructive, and just play. It's a game. Just a game. It's a game in a tournament, so it's a serious game, but it's still just a game. Anyways, enough of that rant. I kind of got off topic towards the end. My apologies. But in any case, Ron. All right. So I told you I have a sneaky way of you guys uh, contacting me. I think I do. So uh, I have an extra copy of Infinity Uprising, which is the most recent Infinity book that I'm going to give away. Now, what I'm going to do is it's going to be straight random draw. Uh, I want you guys to email me at John Oakland Spencer at johnoaklandspencer@yahoo.com with one idea for a segment or a movie to watch, preferably something that's available free, but whatever, anything you want. I'll pick one random winner for that from all you guys. Uh, I'm gonna give it till the end of, let's say, we're gonna go a full month and change. We're gonna go give you till August 20th. So the last podcast in August, I'll be I'll be revealing the winner. Uh, So, hey, take care of that. John Oakland Spencer, J-O-H-N-O-A-K-L-A-N-D-S-P-E-N-C-E-R at yahoo.com. One random guy from that will get a copy of Infinity Uprising, so shoot me an email. Anyways, on to the movies. This time, I took notes. Now, I could have reviewed this movie without ever seeing it again, because it's Star Trek from 2009, and I've seen it a million times. It's the slightly extended cut, which has a couple deleted scenes, which amount to almost nothing. So, let's start. And the first thing is, man, that Jake Gino score is fucking awesome. Michael Gino is awesome, awesome, always great. He he made a great score. It's got good themes throughout it. It's, it's just great. Also, I find that overall the the scoring, putting the score in certain places is great, adding to the feeling. They did a great job with that as well. Um, so the overall idea is this is sort of a soft reboot of Star Trek. Um, uh, a goes Nova is going to threaten the entire galaxy. Uh, old Spock, Spock Prime as they call him, gets the fastest ship with uh, MacGuffin, the Red Matter, to go stop it. Before it hits Romulus, but unfortunately he's not fast enough. It hits Romulus. Romulus is destroyed. He does manage to stop the supernova by using the red matter. And uh, then Nero confronts him, because Nero is a Romulan minor, with an E. minor, not minor with an O. And uh, in the fight, uh, somehow they get drawn into the singularity that was created. And Nero comes through first, ends up back in basic on the day of Captain Kirk's birth. Encountering the Kelvin, uh, destroying it and his father, but he gets away because his father is badass. Because he's Thor. Chris Hemsworth. Badass. He's like a god. Um, So, flash forward, it's basically the origin story. They all get together. They're all in the academy for different reasons. Not all of them. Most of them are in the academy for different reasons. Uh, Nero attacks Vulcan, prompting him to send the fleet, which sends all of them together on the same ship. Uh, The captain gets captured, Bruce Greenwood, as Captain Pike, which is a great role. Bruce Greenwood's awesome. And uh, they fail to save Vulcan. It gets destroyed. Uh, Kirk and Spock have an argument because Spock's not listening to any of Kirk's ideas, which is not a good idea for your first officer, because Spike made him the first officer. So he strands him on a planet on his way back to the fleet, where he meets Spock Prime, who was stranded there by Nero, so he could watch Vulcan's destruction. To be honest, this middle act is a little rough. Uh, They go to the Starfleet outpost on that planet. Makes sense. Scotty's there. They use Transwarp beaming, which Spock knows, of course, because he's Spock and apparently Scotty invented it way later, and they beam onto the Enterprise at warp. And uh, Kirk provokes Spock into revealing that he is, like, fucking emotionally compromised, and they go with a plan to board Nero's ship, rescue Pike, steal the ship with the red matter, and stop Nero. And they do. And our crew is together. That's the basic plot outline. So. The scriptwriters are Orchie and Kurtzman and, or Kurtzman, and they've done a lot of stuff, and they're singularly mediocre. I looked at their list. It's a list of mediocrity. There's a lot of enjoyable films in there, but all of them are films with problems. That's sort of their their stock and trade films with problems. And this film has a problem. It's called Act 2. Act 2 is not tight enough. Um, it doesn't necessarily make a lot of sense. Uh, I'm not a great writer. I could have written it better. <clears throat> if you give me Act Three and Act One, I'm like I can connect these two and better. But in any case, no worries. Uh, uh, I'll give it a pass because hey, they got let Nimoy back into it, and Leonard Nimoy is always awesome. Um, so let's go through my notes here. The villain Nero is a bit mediocre. Um, in fact, they go a little far towards the end to try to make him more menacing, but they don't need to. He doesn't need to be a big villain. He's got a big ship. He's just the whole thing is like I've got a high-tech ship. Sure, it's only a mining ship, but it's a mining ship from fucking 129 years in the future, so it's better than your little piece of shit. And I've got Super MacGuffin that can create singularity, so I'm going to blow up pants. Because I'm angry because my wife and children run Romulus when it was destroyed. Believable? Sure. Maybe a little over the top? Sure. No real problem. He's just mediocre. Not good, not bad. Um, It's way more actiony than old Star Trek movies. It's a lot more... It's made to be a movie, not a long TV episode, which is fine. I enjoy it. It's good. Um, I feel like that's how any modern take on Star Trek going to be a little less cerebral purely and a, little, and a little more action in there. So, they start off with some scenes of young Kirk, which is a mistake. It wasn't a very good scene. It adds nothing to the movie besides knowing he's rebellious, but you could have gotten that better in a million ways, though the young Spock scenes are much better. Um, the casting is top-notch, straight up, top to bottom. It's got great people in it. Eric Bana as the villain is the most forgettable, but even he does the best with what he's given. Uh, Bruce Greenwood, Chris Pine, Zachary Quinto, you know these guys by now. They're they're all great. Um, shout out to Carl Urban as McCoy. He is awesome. I love his intro where he's, you know, wife got the whole planet in divorce. All I got left is my bones. I'm like, uh, that is a great way to update a nickname to the modern times because he was a sawbones. He was a the doctors used to call him way, way back in the day. That was probably dated when it came out, but uh, now I, I like that. It's a good, good way to get the uh, get the nickname in there. Uh, so the humor is okay for the most part, but some of the scenes don't hold up as well. They're a little too too over the top. And they addressed it in later movies, which is fine. Um, I did dislike that, Ur- that Kirk got his butt whooped most of the time, though he was usually fighting a disadvantage. But Kirk. he's Kirk. He usually wins all of his fights. You can't go and make him lose them all. But again, here there, I'm I'm really, really picking picking the nits here. Uh, the editing is once or twice, you're like, mm, maybe you could edit that better. Didn't really match to the dialogue. I'm going to count that as a screenwriting fail and, and drop that on uh, Orchie and uh, Kurtzman. I do like the phasers. They have a cool thing where they're one side, they fire the, the kill, and then they flip around. To the blue side for stun. I thought that was really cool. Um uh, I also like the Starfleet ship designs, they're very cool. Uh I did not like the engine room design. It was it was filmed in a brewery, it was a bit much, you're like, yeah, I mean it's not getting the right feel across, dude. I don't really care about the Narada, which is Nero's ship. It's a mining ship, it's very odd, doesn't look like anything else in Star Wars or Star Trek or Star Wars for that matter. So it is what it is. I do love, there's one, there's a lot of good scenes in here. You're like, that's a cool scene. My favorite is one that I call Enterprise at the Rescue, where Spock has stolen back, uh, sorry, young Spock has stolen back Spock Prime's ship with the red matter on it, and is flying directly at the Narada, Narada's firing all the missiles, all his torpedoes at him, and like, just get rid of him. And the computer's like, you know, if the ship is hit, the red matter will will ignite. Like, okay. And then, just out of nowhere, is like, oh, there's ships are coming in! And then the Enterprise comes in and just strafes all the missiles and flies past as it goes for the ramming it was very cool um so there's a lot of what i like to call fridge logic with this movie things that don't make sense hours later when you're at the fridge getting a drink like hey that doesn't make any sense and most of this ones actually are because of deleted scenes that or deleted plot threads that never made it in Nero and his crew, were; their ship was disabled after the Kelvin rammed it first thing in the movie, and they were captured by the Klingons and held for basically 25 years. They weren't just hanging around doing nothing. Do do, do, do do No, they were captured while the Klingons were trying to look at their technology, and eventually they escaped and managed to get their ship back. There's no way you could have shown that in the movie. There's no way you could have told that in the movie. I, I call it a screenwriting fail. You should have found a better way A to B. Um... But that's the biggest one. Um, There's some other Fridge logic like, how can Spock see his planet destroyed from this other planet nearby? You should have been a little more clear what that was, another planet in the system. But let's be honest, to get a clear view of the planet being destroyed, it'd have to be at the moon distance. Because we can't see Mars very clearly without any any enhancement. So I would have made it that he had a handful of Romulans take over the Starfleet station on another planet, dropped uh, Spock there, and like I watching this monitor with enhancement while I destroy your planet. That would have been a better call, just off the top of my head. In any case, it's got some fridge logic, it's imperfect, but man, it's enjoyable, it's fun, this cast was great to get off the ground, um, I don't know if they're going to do more movies, I hear they're making a fourth one, I hope they do. I don't hate Star Trek Into Darkness, I think it's actually better than people uh, say, and I love Star Trek Beyond, it may be the best in the series. In fact, after rewatching this with a critical eye, it probably is the best in the series. But we'll see. I may do that at a future time. We'll we'll see about that as well. Anyways, I give it one shot of Kraken, just for the multitude of tiny, tiny things. But man, it's a good ride. It's a good time. Uh, I enjoyed the crap out of it. One shot of Kraken. Uh, so that's it for the movie. Uh, next week uh, on Amazon Prime. Force 10 from Navarone is on for free, so we were watching Force 10 from Navarone because I've never seen it. I mean, I was four when it came out. That's not really a surprise. So, we'll check that out. Uh, Member email JohnOaklandSpencer at Yahoo.com with an idea, movie, or topic to be put in a drawing for uh, Infinity Uprising book. On that, again, thank you guys for continuing to be patrons. Uh, have a good time. Run!